This episode is sponsored by Podgo. We use Podgo to monetize all of our podcasts and get paid within 24 hours. So if you're a podcast, want to get paid, be sure to check out Podgo. That's P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. That's Podgo dot C-O. And be sure to enter our name in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. See you guys in the episode. It's the language of the universe. But I don't understand it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Math and Physics Podcast. I'm your host, Parker. And I'm Ray, and we welcome you back to episode number 58, where today... Contrary to episode number two, for those who remember, named Higher Dimensions, today we are going to be talking about lower dimensions. Mm. Let's talk about the one, two, and three. That's right. Because in episode two, we started, I believe, from four. So, Well, I think we talked about, like, we compared what higher physical dimensions would be in like in comparison to three dimensions mm-hmm. and i don't actually remember this is literally a year ago this like, is, pretty yeah, much it was pretty much almost a year, ago. a year ago wow yeah that's true yeah and so technically this was our very first like episode episode because the, mm-hmm. the the first episode that we put out was pretty much just an introduction to like it was so awkward i i listened to it the other not the other day like Two months ago, I listened to it, and it's so awkward. We're the just... very first episode? Oh, my. Yeah. Yo, it's, it's terrible because I... Okay, so there's, first of all, so much lag, and I wasn't even... I didn't even have a mic at the time. I think I was using, like, the, the, the Apple earbuds microphone. So it was, like, you know, it was, like, all the way back there, and there was so much lag. It was just a really awkward episode, but I guess, like, that was our first one, so it's still, you know, monumental. It is what it is. But I think, our yeah, our second episode, as you said, was really our our first episode where we actually got into some physics. And in mm-hmm. that episode, we spoke about higher dimensions. And actually, it's I think it's still one of our top downloaded episodes, so that's really cool because it's also one it's, of our I think it's the second most downloaded after the first oh, really? episode wow that's nice that's yeah cool. our first episode almost has eleven thousand downloads because again because it's the trailer yeah right, it, it's spotify. the trailer on spotify and so i guess yeah. when people try to discover us they're like oh let me just yeah. try to discover and boom just download the first episode yeah you know yeah but uh here we are this mm-hmm. is not technically a part two to the higher oh. dimensions it's just kind of like you know we did higher now we're going to do lower there's a lot of fun stuff to cover especially because as three-dimensional creatures we can actually kind of look down on these dimensions and i think it's it's more interesting instead of looking down on the dim- on like a two-dimensional uh world and it's like oh look they're flat whatever it's more fun to put yourself into the body the perspective of these lower dimensional creatures and kind of imagine what it's actually like, which we are of course going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Also, um, yeah, the, the, yeah, the blatant advantage of lower dimensions is that we can visualize it, right? Cause I think yep. one of the biggest restrictions with higher dimensions is that you just, especially, I mean, even four, like anything after four and including four, you can't really visualize. You're all just, you know, making abstract assumptions in your head. Nothing that's really, that, that you're really thinking of, of has concrete visualizations, right? But when you're talking about lower dimensions, like all of that now makes sense. Like we can visualize a line, we can visualize a square, we can visualize a cube, like all of these things exist <laughs> and we can see them, we can talk about them. So even though the physics and like the math that we're going to be talking about is very similar, but in contrast, that's what we're going to be discussing, two higher dimensions it's a very interesting, you know, niche because these are the ones that we can actually actively visualize and, you know, mm. conceptualize, truly mm-hmm. understand. Basically. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the, the best part about dimensions in general is the analogies that you can draw. Because mm-hmm. if you understand the first dimension, the second dimension very well, you can draw a lot of analogies into the third dimension. And then from there... You know, not visually, but more like mathematically, you can pretty much just do everything 
just translate everything and just add a dimension and everything follows. Like for example, dot products and things like that. Mm-hmm. They still they 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 still represent, you know, how it's it's a measure of how aligned two vectors are. So if two vectors are perpendicular to each other, the dot product is going to be zero. But you know, if they're aligned, then it's whatever. Um, what I was trying to say is that we've done the higher dimensions. Now let's look at the lower dimensions and see what can what information can we extract from these lower dimensions, and what can we say with that information about three dimensions or beyond mm-hmm. that. So now before mm-hmm. we actually get I into believe... the podcast. Oh yeah, go for it. No, no, sorry. Yeah, yeah so I was, I was just, just gonna... talking about on on the on the Trevor Bazit episode, we were actually very briefly talking about these higher dimensions and the ways to like how can we if we can ever visualize these higher dimensions. And as you were and as you were just saying, how it's all embedded in mathematics. So you know, like I, I totally agree with that. And in lower dimensions on contrast, even though it is embedded in mathematics, and we can apply everything that we see, or at least most of which we what we see in lower dimensions to n dimensions almost. Like it's a very nice, as you said, like you can, you, you can, you can apply like an analogy to lower dimensions. You can understand it in a different way that we understand the same thing in five, because we see something in two and we apply it in five or four or whatever. So we're seeing it, we're visualizing it. We're first thinking about it in a lower dimensional sense. And then we're always usually generalizing it to higher dimensions. So that's mm-hmm. usually the process. So that's why lower dimensions are so important, right? Cause that's where you usually start from. You start from that lower dimension and then generalize that's right and also as trevor said um when you go from one dimension to two dimensions there's a very big gap Mm. (laughs) between those two because you go from having two directions of motion just forward or backwards uh to having an infinite amount because in two dimensions you can go any direction you want there is no like quantization right and then Beyond there, it gets easier because you go from having, okay, an infinite amount of directions that you can move into, and then three dimensions, you just have more <laughs> infinite directions. Wait, in, in, in two dimensions, though, wait, how is it? Isn't it just two direct? Like, four, four, sorry, four directions? Because it's like back, like no, forward, well, backward, left, right? Like, I don't know. Like, what are the other? T- how are they? No, infinite? I'm talking about like directions. Like, for example, let's say the direction is along a unit vector that is pointing like with an angle from oh the so you're like basically axis. saying it's yeah so i'm saying you it's can all you about can like walk. circular so it's like they're infinite potential points like since basically. since the an angle is like a real number right you can point in any angle between zero and two pi and yeah. walk in that direction and yeah. there there aren't Right, like any angle you pick, you can just divide it in two and go in that direction, or divide mm-hmm. it. Like there's there there's no limit to the amount of directions you can walk in. Oh, that's what. You, okay, sorry, I, I thought you were talking about like the fundamental. Because like if you're talking about like basis vectors, for example, there are no, only two, no. right? There are only yeah. two, so that would describe four directions of motion. But like I totally understand what you mean. Like because they're infinite angles. I mean, yeah, yeah because they're infinite angles between zero and two pi, you can walk in potentially infinite directions. Yeah, so that's that that is a Fun fact about the one to two switch, right? All right. That's a big switch. Yeah. So now, quick, quick news here. I'm going to make this nice and quick. That's 500 it. subscribers on YouTube. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Nice. 500 subscribers. Today, actually, this morning, it's Saturday today, we hit 7,500 followers on Spotify. So three oh. quarters of the way to 10K. Oh. Oh, nice. You know, quick reminder, make sure to follow nice. us on Spotify and Apple and subscribe on YouTube. Um, other than that, we are still above 100K. The number doesn't go down. Hey. Um, <laughs> it's just not possible. And um, <laughs> then people retract their download. <laughs> but, yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Ray, you got. So yeah, going the into the, the segue for the comment of the week. This is not actually a comment. This is an email that was was sent to us from Aljo Benedicto. So thank you, Aljo. I'm just going to kind of briefly summarize it because it is quite a long email. But basically, he's a 17-year-old student. Uh, Didn't mention from where, but I guess he's a 17-year-old student, right? He loved medical science, but because of our podcast, he... 
I guess, started liking physics a lot more than medical science and started just not wanting to learn medical science. Hence the change to math and physics. So basically, like his idea is, I just want to say this podcast is the reason why I fell in love with physics once more. You guys have turned me, a 17-year-old who's in medical science, from disliking the subject to loving math and physics. So that's basically the idea of the email. So thank you, Aljo, for that wonderful email. Not comment, but still counts. So let's uh, get into the episode, right? With, with lower dimensions. So let's start with with the, the lowest of dimensions, zero, the zeroth dimension, right? So many people always kind of disregard the zeroth dimension because you're like, well, there's nothing really there. But is that and really there's true? also not much to say about it. <laughs> there is not much to say Go about ahead. it, but there is something to say about it. And I want to mention whatever we can say about it, because the interesting thing about zero dimensions is that there are realistic zero-dimensional objects in our universe. And we call them singularities, right? When black hole singularities, so those are commonly known as like your gravitational singularities, are, you know, those points in space-time that are infinitely dense and all those crazy things. And that, well, is a point. So it technically has, has no dimensions, right? Because it's simply a point in space that doesn't represent any direction. So, I mean, I guess before we get into the zeroth dimension, we can just start talking, we can just talk about what a dimension is. I think we did get into this in like a higher dimension episode, but we can definitely like recap, right? Because a dimension is a way of thinking as a direction of travel. So if in, in, in a point, there's no direction that you can travel. So you have zero dimensions. On a line, there's one direction that you can travel. It's back and forth. That's basically one direction, right? Technically, like you can just walk in front and walk backwards. But collectively, that's one direction that you're traveling in. Hence the name one dimension. So the dimension term basically simply stems from, well, how many directions can I travel in? So that's why the zero dimensional object is pretty cool. Because there no, you can't go anywhere. There's zero directions you can travel. Just to not confuse the people that are listening and are asking, hey, didn't, didn't you just say that there were infinite directions? What we're actually talking about in this case is that to, well, I don't know how, how much we can actually talk about linear algebra, you know, but. Um, yeah, no, but I feel it's important. I feel it's important. Yeah. For so sure. we, can, we can get into in, it a little bit. In two, for example, uh, in, in two dimensions, we say there's like two directions of travel, quote unquote, because you can go in like, you can basically reach any point on your surface or your, your space um, with any combination of two directions, as long as it's not in the same direction, right? So if, if for example, you have back and forth and left and right, you can reach anywhere in your space just by combining movements in the back and forth and the left and right. And then if you were to be in three dimensions, then you would need another direction, right? Up and down to reach mm -hmm. every single point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And these directions are fundamentally, in a way, like we can think about it, orthogonal to each other. So this is a little bit of a linear algebra term, but basically the idea behind, right? It is a linear algebra term. Right? No, yeah, it is. It's just they don't actually have to be orthogonal. No, 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 no. But I'm saying the directions, right, that define, because in, in, in a 3D space or in a 2D space, we have two basis vectors. In a 3D space, we have three basis vectors. Yeah, but they don't so have to the be orthogonal. the base vectors that make up that point right that you said it's some combination of front and back and left and right so those three vectors or two vectors that make up that point you know are or all orthogonal to each other. no they don't have to be actually just think about uh change of basis right you can oh, still i guess yeah okay you, yeah, okay. you can still have two around. yes you can, you can still right. have a set right. of bases like like two basis vectors in in r2 which is just the two dimensions let's say and they they don't have to be um, orthogonal they just have to be linearly independent from each other meaning that okay <laughs> I guess saying that the definition of linear independence it doesn't really matter in this case um, for like an audio experience but uh, yeah <laughs> as long as they don't point in the same direction then they're linearly independent in two dimensions and so 
yeah, just think about restricting yourself to combinations of these of these directions, right? So if I want to go in a diagonal direction, first I move along my first direction until I get like far enough and then I turn in the other direction and then I follow mm -hmm. that direction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but um, I, I was just thinking about, yeah, you're right that they don't actually have to be orthogonal, but if they are orthogonal, they cover the whole space, right? That's the advantage. So if they're not orthogonal, they simply don't cover the whole space. So like in, in, a, in, in 2D, for example, with two vectors that are not orthogonal to each other, you won't be able to reach the whole plane. But with, I mean, the, the whole the whole 2D space, right? You, no, you won't you be able would. to reach any point in R2. No, you totally would. With, an, with a non-orthogonal basis? You were saying that uh, if the vectors, if the basis vectors aren't orthogonal, then it doesn't cover the entire space, but that's just not true, right? As long as they're not linearly dependent, then you can that's, go anywhere, yeah. right? But they don't have to be orthogonal. That's just a special case of non linear independence mm -hmm. because i was just okay because i was thinking if they're not because i was thinking more linear dependence because then you're like i'm thinking like what if two vectors are pointing in the same direction like you're not going to be able to you know span the whole the whole plane in this case so anyways anyways this is this is there's this a lot of tangential talk here like <laughs> on the side but basically the idea is that given cert like given the number of dimensions so for example in a two-dimensional space given two vectors or two directions that are not dependent on each other so as long as those directions are no, are like you know they do not influence each other we can represent any potential point on this two-dimensional plane with combinations of these two vectors right oh, yeah. and Here's the advantage of this in, in linear algebra for example right is that you can make up any two vectors and any two vectors obviously that they're not linearly dependent can be used to model any point on the surface or on the plane. So this can be a really useful tool, like, you know, if you've been given certain directions, given certain vectors to use. So it can definitely, you know, be useful in not only lower, but also higher dimensions. And we're going to get into that. But here's an actual better way to understand dimensions is that to represent a point in a dimension, right? The amount of information that you need is the dimension that you're in essentially if you're in one dimension you just need one piece of information and if we just model like the real number line and we give every point a number then all you need is one number and you say here i am right there if you're in two dimensions you need two separate numbers right and this has to do with the directions right you you set your axes usually it's easy easiest to make them perpendicular to each other and then you just say i am this far along the x and this far along the y and then you can you can basically place any point in two dimensions and then the same thing goes for three dimensions you need three pieces of information and all that stuff and what's even more interesting is that you don't even have to um, describe your point in uh, like rectangular coordinates for example mm. you can do it in polar coordinates where in two dimensions you need a length and an angle and that's still two pieces of information and you can actually still um, determine like any, the position of any, any point. point. Yep. When you get to three dimensions, you still need three pieces of information, but there are different ways of doing that. You can do rectangular, which I described earlier. You can also do spherical where you need a, a length, basically a distance from the origin and then two angles, or you can do uh, cylindrical where you need a distance from the z-axis, an angle in the xy plane, and then a z height. It's, you know. <laughs> yeah, so all of this would be <laughs> a lot easier, like with visual aids, which unfortunately we do not have right now. But I think the two-dimensional case made a lot of sense with, like, you know, polar angles because you're just yeah. imagining some distance and you're imagining some angle from the x-axis, right? We always do it from the positive x-axis. And then in three dimensions, you can really generalize it to some to some interesting stuff, right? Because then you have that third that third dimension. So in three dimensions, much like, for example, so the reasons it's also called spherical is because it is most used and most helpful when you want to describe, well, a sphere. So take the Earth, for example, right? 
if we wish to describe the Earth or any point on the Earth, like let's say the center of the Earth is the origin in this three-dimensional world, and we wanted to represent any singular one point on the Earth anywhere, how would we do it? Well, the first dimension, right, the, the, the distance from the center will simply be, well, the distance from the center, right? The second dimension <laughs> will be your latitude. We, we already know our latitudes and longitudes on the Earth. And our third dimension will be our longitude, right? So we have some direction that tells us, well, how far are we from the prime meridian? So in, in terms of angles, right, which is, which is Greenwich. So in terms of angles, how far are we from the prime meridian? That, would, that, that will tell us one of our dimensions. The other dimension will tell us, well, how far are we from the equator, right? Are we up? Are we down? So using these three numbers, are we up? Are we down? That's a pretty poor way to describe it. But you know what I mean? But using these three variables, we are able to describe any point on the earth. And remember, the spherical coordinates, again, are most useful when we're using a sphere. So it's so simple to describe any point using latitude and longitude because our earth is a sphere. If it was like if our earth was like a rectangle or a square, which I know it's not possible, but hypothetical it would be a lot harder to represent it in terms of spherical coordinates. And we would use, well, rectangular coordinates, right? All right. So, so now so there are other options. talk about, yeah. we, we went off from like zero dimensions and then talked about three dimensions for no reason. Yeah, so we, we really, we go really up went off. <laughs> to one dimension now. So now in one dimension, I actually men mentioned this earlier, we can re represent this physical dimension with just the real number line and of course we you know just because it's convenient we put the origin in the middle and then if you go to the right you go in the positive direction and the left is the negative direction and so all you need to describe a position is a single number and as i said earlier that's what makes one dimension one dimensional right so now let's talk about a creature that is living in one dimension okay so if you were to be like a thing like a like an object in one dimension you would essentially be a string of atoms right but like flat <laughs> atoms you know because it's it's kind of it doesn't even make sense to talk about atoms because atoms are three dimensional. Yeah, you can't you right? can't conceptualize <laughs> atoms in one dimension. No, like there would no. be a whole new form of life. Like if that's even I didn't, possible, but no, there would I, be I, like a new biology mean, that governs that dimension. I didn't mean literally atoms. I just meant like it's just like a blob, you know. But it's a line. Essentially. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, first like of it's all, a line. biologically speaking. Doesn't like, make sense. Simply, it wouldn't be possible. Yeah, it's just an impossibility because there are certain, like, for certain very basic things to happen chemically okay, speaking, Ray, they're required fun to be here. angled and stuff. I know, I know, I know. We're all hypothetical. I know, I know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you're imagining a creature in one dimension, you have to think of the fact that well, maybe that's not even possible. <laughs> Or maybe just bring it up, you know? So, okay. it's, it's a funny thing to think about. Okay, so let's let's just pretend for one second that we have, we like it just works, okay? You just you just have this, okay? And so of course, <laughs> evolution, right, would require <laughs> to have like an eyeball on the front, right, to know where you're going, right? Maybe an eyeball on both sides, just so you know, like, what's if you move in either direction, you know what's going on, right? So what would you see as, as a one-dimensional creature? What would you see? Well, actually, you would actually, it would kind of be like a binary vision, right? It's either there is something in front of you or there isn't, right? There, I don't think there would be much like use for color, right? You know what I mean? Color? You were talking about color, bro. This guy is going to start walking and he's going to see something and he's just not going to be able no, to go through. No, but ever. do you know what I mean? Like, like how sad like, is that? If there's if there's anything in between like him and infinity, then like it would just be blocked off. His vision would That's just exactly be blocked off. That's exactly, no, exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. He will never be able to go through. He will never be able no, to but go that's, through that. But listen, this is what I'm saying. His vision is basically binary. If there is something in front of him, then he yeah. sees like 
black. But if there's nothing in front of him, then he sees white, for example. This is just an, an example. But that's how vision would work, okay. right? In one dimension. Right? I mean, well, yeah, if we're actually thinking about the very hypothetical question, how would we see in one dimension, then yeah, I guess you're okay, either well, this seeing is, something this is implied. Aren't. Ray, this is obviously yeah, okay. implied that it's hypothetical. <laughs> okay, I mean, no, no, obviously I understand that you know it's hypothetical, but I'm just making, like, I'm, I, I just I just need to make sure that, like, we have the correct framework for saying, well, this is just not a possibility. But thinking about it, yeah, well, there, I mean, I'm just, again, as you said in the very beginning of the podcast, put yourself in in that dimension, like, put yourself in a creature's shoes in one dimension. If you, like, for example, think of yourself, like, on a line or on, like, a circle or something like that. Like, you're only going in one direction. You're only moving in that one direction. So, you're right. You're either, if there's something in front of you, you either see it or you don't. Like, like it's there's either something yeah, there exactly. or there isn't. There's not much more that can That's really happen. That's what I happen. mean. That's what it's I mean. There's not much life. more that can happen in, in one dimension. It's a very sad life. <laughs> yeah. Plus, Plus, one reason to justify why this is not possible is because if you have, like, if you have a stomach or something, like, you, like, nothing would be able to get in because there's no, like, there's no opening, right? There's just, why like, there's you. Why human logic then... to one-dimensional beings, though? Like, I don't understand. Why. Maybe I'm just they don't saying. Need... Maybe, I, I don't know. Like, maybe, I don't know. I, I'm just. Okay, sure. That's very, very hypothetical. But okay, one anyways. thing that. One yeah. thing that we can extrapolate, though, out of this one dimension, even though it is one dimension, is the fact that there are two, like, okay, I know this is kind of contradictory because I said one dimension means one direction, but technically, like, you know, that one direction is back and forth. So technically, like, you know, like, I can go yeah. forward or I can go backwards. So that's two ways of travel, right? I'm just going to call that from now on, um... I'm just going to call that direction, even though like you got, you guys kind of know what I mean when I say direction now. So in this case, we have these two directions of travel, right? Now, what that can tell us is something that we can and we do apply to higher dimensions, vectors, right? The concept of vectors and scalars. So, right. So, so vectors, right, come out from, well, we have something going at a, in a specific direction with a certain magnitude, right? So in one dimension, the idea of a vector doesn't, or at least to me, it, it didn't make a lot of sense. But then as, as I started to think about it, like if any point on the number line like can be represented by a value. So if we're looking at x equals five, well, the value is five, right? So it's represented by some distance from the origin. So that's five. And it's represented with some direction, which is forward or in the positive, right? So we have these two directions in one dimension where, again, you might think that there's no application of these vectors in one dimension. But again, like when we move to further and higher dimensions, like two, for example, that's where we see the application of these vectors and where they differentiate from scalars, right? So scalars are another part in one dimension. Right. For for scalar quantities, we simply have, well, the value. We don't really have anything, no direction, nothing telling us anything about the quantity itself. Just five or six or seven. That's well, scalar scalars value. are actually vectors in one dimension. Exactly. In one dimension. Yeah. yeah. Go for it. Yeah. So, I mean, you pretty much said it all. But what I wanted to add was basically the. I just want to bring in a little bit of uh, topology here and talk about a sphere and okay. talk about balls right in and we're going to compare what a like through the definition of a sphere we're going to see what that looks like in one dimension compare what that looks like in two dimensions and then three dimensions don't you mean and, ball though like sphere isn't is that not three dimensional like, i i could be no, wrong but is, is no, a sphere so not I'll, specifically no i'll give you the the definitions here so so a sphere is there's a center and there's a distance, okay? You need two pieces of information here. It has nothing to do with dimensions here. But uh, so you have a center and you have a distance. And the sphere is just the set of points that have that distance away from the center. Okay? Or within that distance. Or, no, or a sphere, is, exactly a sphere that, is exactly, that, exactly distance. that distance. Okay. And then a ball is just the set of points that have up to that distance away oh, so, okay. from the center. So a ball is actually filled in and a sphere is hollow. 
But so let's say let's, you know, for the rest of this episode, when I talk about a ball, we're just going to say it's centered at zero just to be, you know, just for ease, I guess. And mm-hmm. we'll say that the, the radius is one. The distance is one. Um, so I'm always going to be talking about the unit sphere, the unit ball. So in one dimension, the ball is actually just or I'll, I'll start with the sphere. The sphere is actually just two points, right? Because if you're centered at zero, how many points have exactly a distance of one from the origin? Well, there's the point one and the point minus one. So a sphere in one dimension is literally just two points. Now, if we talk about the ball, it's the set of points that are have up to a distance of one from zero. And so it's literally going to be the interval from minus one to one. So it's going to be like the, the filled in interval from minus one to one. That's what a ball looks like. And of course, you can define your ball differently. You can say it's centered at five and it has a radius of 100. But you know, it's pretty much the same thing as what I described two seconds ago, where it's just going to be an interval. You go one way, you go the other way, and they, bo- they both have the same length distance away from the center. Mm-hmm. Can and we move on to two dimensions now? The Now, just before we do that, though, I do want to talk a little bit about the concept of the ball, right? Like, why did Parker just bring up this random ball in sphere? So the interesting thing about these higher dimensions and when we're generalizing anything, we get to this concept in math, and this is a very useful concept in math, where we say close to, close enough, when this is close to this, when X is close to P, when X is around P or something like that. So even though that, that you, you might think, well, that's not a mathematical word whatsoever, it is the most mathematical word you'll see because close to even though you might not really think about like you know well close to how are you how would you rigorously define that how close so in math whenever we say the words close to something we mean a distance or a ball of radius epsilon so epsilon is just a hypothetical variable wait before you say this the what we're what ray is trying to get at is when you say close essentially we mean as close as you want <laughs> right yeah no no but I mean, that's, that's the that's the point that's exactly no, bef- what i was trying to get no to. i meant epsilon, I, right? I meant before the epsilon is just a variable no but before you say okay epsilon and everything is contained within the ball is like when we say close we just mean as close as you want that's yeah that's so okay well the idea of or as close is as close as you want or arbitrarily close another word very commonly used But basically, this epsilon variable is just any hypothetical variable that can be replaced with any number. The idea is that something should hold for anything close to this value. So for an epsilon radius, so now we're talking about only one dimension. So it's going to be for plus epsilon and minus epsilon. So let's say we're at five. So like five minus epsilon and five plus epsilon. So in that distance, something should happen. That's the idea behind saying close enough, right? Because close enough is is a very important set of words that we should take very seriously in math. Because again, what they represent in one dimension can then be generalized to higher ones. So before we get into two dimensions, I just wanted to talk about, well, what if you wanted to learn all the stuff we're talking about? What if you wanted to know more about dimensions? Wanted to learn Very more true. about how to analyze all of Very these true. vectors that we're talking about. Well, go hit up brilliant.org where you can find us. Uh, link in the description below. And they have they offer a variety of courses, especially now that we're talking about dimensions. They offer a course on dimensions, actually, and various ones on linear algebra. And obviously, the essence of this entire episode is linear algebra because that is where all of this is kind of defined Pretty much from. the the essence of the universe is linear is algebra. linear <laughs> algebra that's a very good fact so again they have a lot of courses on linear algebra and again as we've discussed in previous episodes the brilliant courses basically it's just practice 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 till you understand the material well enough so you can do it yourself 
So they have a really good method, really good way of doing it, you know, and you can follow it in a really good way. For example, if you don't want to start at linear algebra first, you can start at basic algebra, move to single variable, move to two variables, move to multivariable, and then basically just keep on moving and advancing forward, right? So they have a lot of these offers, a lot of these opportunities. So definitely go check them out. And uh, to the first 200 listeners that click our link, brilliant.org forward slash MPP, you will get 20% off of your membership. So go click yeah. that link. Go learn. Go learn something. Go what learn. are you doing? It's summer. Go learn something. <laughs> so Yeah, so that's now. brilliant.org slash MPP, right? Yeah. Did you say that? So, yeah, I did. I don't know if you said that. I did. I said it. <laughs> so, um, okay, okay, perfect. perfect. Now, we good. the first thing I want to do, the first thing I want to do when we embark on this two-dimensional journey here is compare what a sphere looks like in two dimensions. It might actually seem a lot more fam uh, yeah, familiar to you. Um, so now let's think of a center for our sphere. Let's just take the origin, right? And now think about all the points that have the same distance away from that center. Well, it's just going to be a circle, right? It's, it's, uh, if, you, if you take, for example, a rope and you tie a pencil to it and you... you draw like you know anyways that's just a way to think about it because it, 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 it just ensures that every single point you draw with your pencil has the exact same distance and it just so happens that it looks like like a a, a, a circle a compass like if you ever used a compass for example you'll know exactly what this is right a compass yeah. has like a pencil on one side and you have an origin yeah so when you're drawing that radius you're basically saying okay everything exactly at this radius is what this sphere contains now i know like we've been talking about sphere for one and two dimensions but it might be confusing to some people still because i think embedded in memory is that sphere is a three-dimensional object so uh Throughout this entire episode, and you might have, I mean, you might have already guessed from when we were talking about sphere in one dimensions, we obviously don't mean the three, the three dimensional sphere, but it is in uh, the sphere is a still is an important mathematical object. So the mathematical object sphere and the topological object sphere, topological meaning like the physical, like the algebraic sphere that we know, like the earth, for example, they're two very different things. So the mathematical sphere is what Parker is talking about and what we're talking about in terms of intervals and circles and all this stuff. But the topological sphere is quite different. So just just to, just to get that idea in your head and just just, just so you know that. You so know. I actually just thought of something and I think it'll it'll blow everybody's mind here and it'll kind Let's of hear. click Let's in hear. a way where you'll be like, damn, that's really cool. So real quick. So we, we know what a sphere looks like in two dimensions. It's just two points. Right. Mm -hmm. We know what a sphere looks like. I mean, I, me I meant one dimension in two dimensions. Mm -hmm. A sphere is a circle, right? Because all the points along that circle have the same distance from the origin. And then in three dimensions, a sphere is like a is more colloquially. Right. It's, a, it's like a ball, like a soccer ball, for example, kind of this. Um, I mean, I guess the only way to describe it is as a sphere, right? It, yeah, but but it's, a, it's a hollow object, mm -hmm. looks circular. Every point has the same distance from the center, right? Now, think about this. As a one-dimensional creature living in one dimension, you see a sphere. It looks like a point, right? Because nothing has a height or a width you you're living along that length right you see a sphere it just looks like a point a point is a zero dimensional object now in two dimensions you are living in two dimensions that means you can only see like across right i feel like i can be more descriptive <laughs> um because because you're living in two dimensions it means your eyes are two dimensional which means that what they can capture is essentially light that is a projection of the two-dimensional world into your brain. In, maybe another way of thinking. Maybe another <laughs> yeah. way of thinking no, about this ahead. could be like think about like think about a plane, right? Think about you on a plane now, mm -hmm. right? Just just visualize a plane like on a three D set, for example, or two D, whatever. Like you're on a plane, and now you are that two-dimensional object in the plane. Now, if you're on the plane 
and you see a plane because now you're talking about a sphere, right? So like a sphere in two dimensions is a circle. So a circle, like you can kind of think about it like, again, like you're seeing something with two directions. Now, remember, you can move in two directions in these in these two main directions, right? Like this back and forth and left and right. And the circle is also defined in these two directions, this back and forth and left and right. So what you are seeing, I'm thinking about it now. This is not a very good example because I, I was I was thinking about a really good way of describing it first. But now that I'm actually saying it, I'm like, this doesn't really explain it because the way I'm visualizing it is I'm just picturing myself on the plane. And like if I'm seeing the same dimensional object that I am, I won't see one of its sides, right? I'll only see the oh, side here, that's this, facing me. Maybe this works. The one, the, the direction that's not facing me, I will never see. So even if it's, if it's however it's angled <laughs> towards me, I will see one of the directions, but the mm. other direction I will never see. I don't know if you can really picture that because I, right. I, I can see it in my head, but I don't know if everyone but here, can. I'll just, I'll just like, say what I was trying to yeah. say. And okay, then, yeah, and maybe, then I think I think people will understand like thinking backwards. Okay, here. let's hear it. Let's so, hear it. Let's hear it. Let's just I'll go back to the beginning. So one dimensional being, you see a sphere in one dimension, you see a point, zero dimensional object, or it appears zero dimensional. In two dimensions. Why are you talking about a sphere though? Like should, no, should you just, talk about like a ball? Just, no, 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 just, about, just like, think about interval? it. Just think. Just listen. Okay, okay, okay. okay. In two dimensions, okay. now you you see one dimensional projections right onto your eyes so you look at a sphere in two dimensions it looks like a line which is a one-dimensional sphere okay now think about a um think about a sphere in three dimensions when you look oh, at a sphere, going to three yeah when you look at a sphere in three dimensions you don't see the three-dimensionality of it right what you can actually just see is the projection of that into your brain which is just like a, a circle so you mm -hmm. see when you when you are living in a physical dimension you see a projection down into the uh, one lower dimension you know what i but mean but again i think that that a lot of that also has to do with the fact of how we see the fact that we see, I don't think like so, our to be brain honest. perceives things. No, I know. I was actually reading some of these posts where people were talking about this exact thing because I was just, you know, reading in prep for this episode. And I was seeing a lot of people are like, you know, well, let's generalize because in three dimensions, the very common thing is, well, three dimensional beings see two dimensional objects because what are like what is actually in our eyes is a flat screen where there's light being projected on it and our brain perceives it to be all of these objects. So we generalize the fact that three-dimensional beings see two-dimensional objects, the lower dimension. So two-dimensional sees one and one-dimensional sees zero. Now, I was also reading like some, some like theories on it and maybe we can talk about this because I was just thinking about it. And because it, would, there, would there be a possibility that a three-dimensional being can see all the three dimensions i don't no think that's actually no, a possibility no not not the way that struct like not naturally you know yeah not but that's again very specific to us is it not like when we say naturally we are the only species that are really we are the most well, complex think about species we every know, right? single every single living being on earth it's the well, same yeah, it works the again, exact like, same just, way but I'm just talking about like a hypothetical being that is a, a like a, th a three-dimensional being that is more advanced than us or okay. more, I don't know. I'm just thinking, well, like, would any, hypothetically speaking, would a three-dimensional being be no. able to see three dimensions? There's I don't no really chance. think so. There's no chance. I don't chance. really think so. I don't really think so. And I think that <laughs> could be also the reason why all of this works, right? Why you're saying even in one and two dimensions, you see that one lower dimension. Because just fundamentally by the laws of physics you are restricted to see that other direction or that other dimension because again you are you are in it almost, yeah right? you, you are I'm in assuming it that's, and okay. the reason why it's kind of hard to imagine is because we are three-dimensional beings so when we yeah. when we look down at two-dimensional beings we say oh well i can see their entire world so like i see there's a circle there how can they not see that there's a circle there? Why do they see a line? Well, think of it like this, right? 
Imagine if I draw a circle on a page and then I draw a square inside that circle. Okay. Now, the way you should be thinking about this is imagine in front of you right now, you have this soccer ball and inside the soccer ball, there's a cube, right? You can't see what's inside the soccer ball because the soccer ball is in the way, right? Um, and so when you think about that two-dimensional problem that I described two seconds ago, the two-dimensional beings can't see what's inside the circle because the circle itself is in the way. And so when you think about what they can actually see, you just think about like the photons that come from the side of the circle into their eyes is all they're going to be able to see. Like even if there was a chance for them to see inside um, the circle, um, I don't even know where I was going with that. I was just going to say it's, it's just not possible. <laughs> it's just no, not but possible. I, no, I, no, I think I do follow you. I think I do follow you because like if you're in that, I, I think I think we're still stressing that same point that we're that we were going for, that if you're in that situation, if you're in that dimension, that you are simply by the laws of very nature, we are physically restricted from nature. seeing that one dimension. Or that, or that other dimension, right? That that extra dimension, like, by, like by the like what I'm trying to say. All of this is hypothetical, I know, but I'm just saying, right? Hypothetically, like this is basically saying that, you know, we like this thing is restricting our view. So yeah, so it it would appear as a line, like in two dimensions, and then moving on to three, we see everything in two dimensions. So like continuing that, mm -hmm. you know, that 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 one dimensional lower, and. Now, interesting, yeah. also in two dimensions, something that we don't see in anything. because So now we can also start talking about, well, you know, what's the difference between all of these dimensions? So obviously, zero to one is huge. <laughs> two, two to one is also quite huge. And in two, we get an interesting thing called, or two and higher, really, we get this thing called the Cartesian product, where we can start to cross, or so as we said, a two-dimensional object would have two variables describing its location. It's whatever idea it's trying to convey. Two variables will describe the idea. So the the Cartesian product stems from this idea. Well, what if those two variables were not the same type? So what if both of them weren't real numbers? What if one of them was a real number and one of them was only an integer? Well, hold on. Or hold one on. of them was a real. Yeah. You're, you're getting ahead of yourself. Uh, no, I mean, all, I'm just trying to describe like the pair of points and how you can describe them using right. any combination. But um, you, I think it's important to note that the Cartesian product is an operation between two sets. And just like when you add two numbers together, you get another number. When you take the Cartesian product of two sets, you get another set. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. for example, yeah. if you have the set, uh, like one, the set containing one and two, and then the same set containing one and two, and you want to take the Cartesian product of those two, we just say it's crossed, right? So we'll say the set crossed the other set. Mm -hmm. Basically, it creates another set with every combination of elements from the original set. So the Cartesian product of that I just described would be the set containing one one, one two, and two two. Because those are the the only unique uh objects that uh mm -hmm. or technically you would have one one like twice. One, yeah. Or yeah. two one. But no, but anyways. one one would still be the same unique like uniquely it would have that yeah. one. There would one, be two one, one yeah. actually. There would be yeah, two one. Be, yeah. But anyways. It, oh, yeah. Flip version yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. A permit, yeah, yeah and so important. if you take the real numbers and you take the Cartesian product with the real numbers again, then what you have is essentially ordered pairs of two points with the first element being a real number and the second element also being a real number. Mm -hmm. Now, we usually take R cross R. We write it as R squared. Or we don't like say squared. R2. No, we actually, say R... we don't say R2. No. Yeah, we say R2, no, we R3, say R... R4. I was just saying it, it it's squared because the 2 is like a in the exponential position. Yeah. But we just mm -hmm. say R2, not R squared. 
Um, and for any dimension, like even so, like even Rn, for example, hence the name. Like we say Rn, like R two thousand. We never say R to the power of two thousand, yeah. for example, right? Because it's all simply individual individual elements of this of this vector that we make up, or this or this ordered pair in two dimensions. Mm -hmm where each of them have individual elements that are different. So the formal the formal definition of the Cartesian product, if let's say we have A cross B, the formal definition of A cross B is the set of all points of A, that so of, of all points that belong to A, and all points that belong to B, as very well you said. Simply all the combination, or all the permutations of all the possible points between them. Yeah, it is the permutation, yeah, for sure. So that... That product, Except, no, there's, the there's one, there's one, uh, you... there's one exception here. Well, basically, uh, get you all the mention... permutations is what I wanted to say. Just wanted to finish that sentence. Hold on. Sorry. So basically, it's important to note that when you do like A cross B, the first element of your of your two tuple essentially comes from the set A, and the second element can only come from the yep. set B. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You can't kind of take an element from the set A and put it in the second position. But yeah. No. 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 Obviously. Obviously. Yeah. So the so th that's the idea of so even in R squared or in R two I just said R squared in R two for example like each element would simply be from R so we don't really think about it and most of our yeah. calculations and everything we do especially throughout high school and first no 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 first year we start mixing it up but throughout high school we always deal with R two we only deal with R stuff. We don't deal with these Cartesian products when we start getting into, for example, as I was mentioning before, like what if we have the real numbers cross the integers? Yeah. That means the second number in this tuple of in, in these in these two numbers cannot be a real mm. number. It must be an integer. It must and be a whole numbered integer. And so if you were to represent this set visually, for example, as Ray said, it's R crossed N, which is the natural numbers. Um, mm -hmm. The first element would be a real number. The second element can only be a natural number. And so visually, this would just look like uh, horizontal bars that are separated by integer lengths, right? Because if you were to pick a random, uh, and of course, overlaid on top of the real number plane, right? Mm -hmm. Because any point that is in that set R cross N, has to be along the x direction it can be any number but along the y direction you are only restricted to integer numbers yeah mm -hmm. yeah and x y again like yeah, technically if you think about it like even using the term x y might not make yeah again x y is just a way to think about these individual representations right so when we say the x y plane like the cartesian plane we usually, when we're, again, we're talking about R2. So X can take any number, Y can take any number. So our function can be some messed up function, basically hitting any point on the XY plane. But the moment we have these interesting, you know, like these Cartesian products that are no longer R and R, then we start to see some interesting patterns that functions must abide by. So if a function has a domain or, or has variables coming from this Cartesian product, we see that it's restricted to certain values, right? And as you were saying, like, if we're talking about R cross N, it's restricted to those integer, like those integer level steps almost. So it's, so all these functions are being restricted via this Cartesian product. So we can do some really handy things depending on the number. So for example, if we know that our variable must be an integer number. So if it's like the number of coffee you have per day, or I'm just making something up, you can't have 1.3 coffees a day, right? It's always wow. going to be integer numbers. Well, I know you can, <laughs> hypothetically, man, I'm just, I'm just making something up to make you guys think of that integer number for why we would need something like a Cartesian product. You could say like, how many photons do you absorb? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if you think, yeah, even that, that is, is the most perfect integer number question. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that, that's it. That's it. <clears throat> um, I also wanted to talk about the fact that maybe we should make kind of a series where we talk about, we kind of build from the ground up, like functions and all that stuff. Because I know, I don't know if you read this, actually, I told you to read it last year, but in the book, How to Prove It by Dr. Velleman. He talks about relations 
and then functions. Because functions are just special cases of relations. And um, I don't really want to get into that right now because it is kind of a complex topic. But I think mm-hmm. that we can talk about, like in a future episode, we can talk about relations, functions, and then things like injectivity, uh, surjectivity, bijective function, all that stuff. Um, And then then we can talk about functions from lower dimensions to higher dimensions, higher dimensions to lower dimensions, parametrizations, Mm -hmm. implicit... because yeah Level so sets, now yeah. actually so like now that we're talking about all these lower dimensions the interesting thing and and as i just very well just now mentioned the fact that you can also re- represent functions right in higher dimensions now the interesting thing about functions is that yeah they might give you something in 3d but they don't necessarily need to take in a 3d number they can even take in a 2d number or 2d variable and spit out a 3d variable so yeah so like if we are to do this series we can get into some really cool things on functions that uh, we can talk more in depth even talking about lower dimensions but anyways like like con- continuing on this 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 lower dimensional path like we see this um what was i trying to say Something about functions. We are talking about functions. Then we were talking about lower dimensions. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I wanted to kind of touch... Okay, I guess we don't have to touch on parametrizations. I guess we can just take it in that series, right? Sure. I think, yeah. we, I think we can just focus on that. Because that's, again, talking about, like, you know, how to vary... Because now we're only talking about sets. We're talking about, oh, values in, in R and values in N. We're talking about values in this dimension. And remember, all of these things that we're saying are basically dimensions, right? Like your R and your N are your two dimensions that we're talking about. So everything that we're saying right now is simply like, okay, you're taking something from this dimension and you're taking something from that dimension. So we're basically talking about sets. But in, you know, more complicated mathematics than when we actually get to functions, we start seeing, okay, well, how do these sets change relative to each other? How does X change relative to Y? How does Y change relative to X? So that's like when we start seeing these relationships, hence the name relations, and these functions where they both depend on each other. And we see some interesting, uh, some interesting stuff. Um, the thing is, though, like, like, have you read the, the book? I mean, I've read a lot of chapters. I have not finished it. I will tell you that. I have read the functions and relations part, if I'm okay, not mistaken. Okay, so you that's know one that... of the That's one of the, that's one of the parts in the... In the beginning of the book, no, is it not? No, no, it's after, it's like uh, chapter four or five. Anyways. I think I'm on. The point. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not totally sure. I the read point that is that you, the way that they teach you functions in school is very different to what like functions actually are mathematically or like, uh, like formally, I guess you can say. And the, you actually like to everybody that's listening right now. It's probably one of my biggest recommendations like like to read is is how to prove it by Dr. Velman. It's quite an, an incredible book because you you really do look at mathematics so differently afterwards. Like functions are like yes, they're like rules, but they're they're so like they're so weird and different and when you actually do like kind of bring your perspective back and you think about relations and then functions, it seems like very, very weird. I don't know. We'll talk about functions it. Functions are basically a, like specialized relationships. So yeah. Like relations. So yeah. So. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, let's not, let's not get into functions and relations. Because again, like that is definitely a very interesting topic that we can get into. But for another episode, because that has so much that we can mm-hmm. get into. We didn't really talk too much about 3D in this episode because I think like, I think most of what, again, the advantage of actually everything that we mentioned in this episode is that we were focusing on the one to two. We were focusing on one and two. Now, again, said by Trevor Bazit and now clearly noticed by us is that the two to three jump is not that crazy. When, When you go from two to three, the ideas that you have between your sets, your Cartesian products, for example, now just add another dimension instead of r cross n you have r cross n cross n or whatever like you know you can have a third one so it's very easy simply to add that other variable or that other number and now instead of representing any point with two variables you represent it with three so it's a very similar idea from two to three but that one to two difference and understanding that one direction versus infinite directions and understanding you know how those two tie in together and like you Mm -hmm. know it's a very it's a 
it's a very nice uh it's a very nice sequence of things you know mm-hmm. how they all how they all tie in together like with the ball the sphere like a balls and two dimensionals represent things and i don't know for it's sure. very nice for sure. so i think uh we have like said pretty much a lot of things about lower dimensions yeah. and things like that so yeah, yeah catch us on youtube actually because we're going to record very shortly um a Q&A that we said we were going to do a while ago. We're actually going to hop on. So obviously for the people that watch this video, you're not going to actually see this, but like we're going to be hopping on Instagram live soon, hopefully. And uh, we're going to say hello to you guys and then record the Q&A. So that's going to be interesting. Boom. So you can ask us questions. If you have any questions about like what we talked about today or anything, uh, make sure to hit us up on Instagram at math.physics.podcast. Also, subscribe to us on YouTube, Math and Physics Podcast. Follow us on Spotify, on Apple. I don't even know where else we are. Pretty much everywhere, I think. So Yeah, uh, we are. Pretty much like so, yeah, anywhere. Make sure to follow. Yep. And we will see you guys on the next one. This has actually been, officially, episode number 58 of the Math and mm-hmm. Physics Podcast. And... Um, I'm your host, Parker. And I'm Ray. And we will see you soon. Bye, guys.